0: Building a website is like building a house. There is as many ways to do it as there are houses in the world. There are houses for poor people, houses for rich people. There are houses that you build yourself and houses where you outsource the construction. Well, we place the word houses with websites and you get why answering the infamous question my mom asked me like Christmas. Yeah, but uh, Gael, uh, how much does it cost to build a website? Well, really, I could have just said it depends and see you next year. This week, we're going to talk a little bit more about it with Mark. Let's get going. (laughs)
1: Welcome to the Authority Hacker Podcast, the place to learn field-tested, no BS tactics to grow hack your online business and finally live life on your own terms. Now, your host Gayel and Mark.
0: Hey everyone, welcome back to the podcast. Welcome back, Mark. How's it going? I know you love this question. Oh, <laughs> I can hey, hear Mark. you laughing when I'm asking. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, you know, when, uh, when I used to do a philosophy dissertation in France, the first things you had to do when you were trying to answer a question they would give you, like how much does it cost to build a successful website, is to define the terms. And I think to get started with this podcast, that's the perfect thing to do, which is why we should first define what success means when you say a successful website. And I think we should also say what we mean by cost as well. What is success for you when you when you get asked this question?
1: I actually think, and again, I'm going to use that horrible word. It depends on the kind of where you're at in your journey, right? So if you have zero budget, you know, you're, you're broke, you're, maybe you're in college or something and you literally have no money to spare, then success is really just kind of getting going and maybe getting your first hundred dollar check from Amazon or, or something very small like that. At the other end of the extreme, maybe you've been doing this for a number of years and you have a number of websites in your portfolio and a bit of budget to spend on a, on a new project, then, you know, in that case, I wouldn't really consider a a, a new website sort of successful until it's making sort of five to 10 K a month, that sort of range and anything less and it's, it's perhaps not worth it as a kind of time money equation for a business in terms of like, compared to what else you could, could do with that. So. No, you go you again.
0: Well, I guess it depends where your business is in terms of fixed cost as well. Cause, and, and I think that's kind of a, an interesting thing with SEO, right? It's like there's always room for the small guys because as people get successful, they just get like employees and offices and just like tax costs and whatever there is that essentially forces them to keep making as much or more money than they have just because they're adapting to the money they're making. And what that means is that actually we'll talk about this, but in terms of keyword opportunities, as you grow as a business, you also have to go for like more competitive stuff, stuff with more traffic, stuff with like higher conversion rate or higher conversion value. And that means that these really like small keywords where you can make like 100 hundred, two hundred $200 a month, et cetera, essentially they are only like they only competed against for newbies because for a big business that has a lot of like ongoing costs, et cetera, it's considered a failure. They're losing money. And and I think that's what is quite cool with this business model is there's some things that are successful for small people that have, you know, zero infrastructure and it's just them. That would be considered a failure for bigger businesses. And as a result, the bigger businesses stay away from these keywords and opportunities. That means that, a lot of like, there's always some room for small guys. Basically, they won't be against the really big guys right away. At least when it gets started with their the sites and so on.
1: Yeah, I, th- I think that's the beauty of of SEO and online marketing as a as an industry. Really, that anyone can can get into it. And I think now that will be true. Now that is true now, and that will be true for many many years to come as well.
0: Yeah, because of that. Because like you know, a that makes a hundred dollars a month. I mean, even at our level, we, we wouldn't think that it's worth writing about. But if you're just getting started, it's a great opportunity. If you write, if you find like five or 10 of these, you can already make a decent amount of money and like it can really spark your business anyway. It's just that with the amount of costs we have, we have big opportunities in front of us. And it's the same for a lot of big companies or much bigger companies than ours in that case. So I think now we've talked about what success is, but I think we should talk about what cost is as well because people expect that cost, cost is money, but if you've been running a business as long as we have, you know that costs are not just money.
1: Cost is money, but time is money. Therefore, cost is time and money. Does that equation stack up? I don't know. The cost is basically what is the negative impact something is having on your on your business. in ter- Usually it's associated with a financial cost. Like if you buy a domain for $10, that's an obvious cost. But if you take... Ten hours researching what the cheapest domain is, and you managed to save, you know, five dollars on your purchase, then your cost maybe only like five dollars or something instead of ten dollars. But you've wasted ten hours, and what else could you've done when those ten hours? Almost anything, like you would have made more than five dollars, really. So you have to kind of balance these these things. I know if you're kind of sitting there. Maybe you're uh, like, I think back to myself when, when or do you remember Gail, when we first got started, we first built our, our agency website and we were sort of debating whether to spend $20 on a a WordPress theme at some point. And we like, we, we literally couldn't afford it. I mean, it was like, it was too big of an expense. It was a larger
0: cost than 20 bucks feels like now, basically.
1: Yeah. So like when you were in that position, then you don't really appreciate the fact that your time is worth something else quite so much as well, because you view it all as kind of your time is free and it's kind of an investment in your future success. And that's true to an extent, but I, but I still think that people at all stages can underestimate the the time, time element.
0: But it's not just that. It's like people on a salary, most of the time, whether they work harder or not harder, they just get the same money at the end of the month anyway. And so it's not exactly like working three hours more is going to give you the money to buy for the team. They will just get the exact same amount of money. And so time is a lot more of a flexible resource for them than money is because there's usually only one source of money and it's a fixed source of money. So I know I hear this in all these business podcasts. Oh my God, but like if you work three hours in McDonald's, et cetera. But to be frank, like going to get a job at McDonald's, getting hired, going to the actual shift where you don't get paid, changing, dealing with all the pressure, dealing with the emotional baggage there is to deal with horrible customers at McDonald's, et cetera. All These things will affect your motivation, et cetera. And overall, it's just not as fluid as people say when you just have a job.
1: I think this maybe comes from a perspective though, as as if you're already involved in online marketing in some way or something associated. Like let's say you're a content writer and you write for other people's websites, and that's your, your full time sort of gig. It's not too difficult to pick up some extra work that way. Maybe it's not an hourly rate, but you know, you can you can input more hours quite quickly quite quickly and get more I have a normal job. That's not how it works.
0: And I think a lot of people who do online marketing, they forget how that works. And uh, if you do overtime many times, it's just not paid anyway.
1: I think if you have no job, then it's even worse because you don't really value your, either of those resources. So.
0: So I think it really depends on people's situation. I think a lot of entrepreneurs are really quick on saying, oh, but like you could just do this thing and you're really undervaluing your value per hour. It's not true because actually the marginal gain of value per hour is zero many times, you know? All right, so I guess we talked about time and money. So really it's going to be one of these two. And what we're going to do for the rest of this podcast is we're going to essentially divide in tiers and we're going to tier it by monetary value. So we're actually going to talk about first people that would spend the least money then people that do a bit more etc and we'll have 40 years we'll talk about all the way to like hey you have like money is no an object and uh, what do, what do you have to do with that and to be frank even when money is no object challenges are quite high so we'll talk about the challenges as well and we'll talk about the advice we have if you're in that category so try to identify which category you're in and then try to apply the advice that we're going to talk about if you want to get started and we're going to talk about cost, obviously, because that's the topic of the podcast. So I'll let you start with a super low budget one, which is essentially like spend as little money as possible, right? Yeah. Just- so this
1: is, this is a, you know, the broke student, the person just getting into this for the first time with no sort of bank balance to to bankroll them or anything. and. Anything that you can generate, even making a hundred dollars per month from your site would be, would make an impact. And that would feel like a measure of success. Obviously you're not going to be retiring on that, but in terms of a a first step, it's, it's sort of where you, you might be, might be looking to, to sort of achieve. So how much does it cost if, if you're in this position to, how much does it cost to start a successful website if you're in this position? We'll go through the the cost in just a sec, but you're obviously going to have to be putting a lot more time into this yourself. So things like creating content, that's you're going to be doing that all yourself in this position. But cost-wise, I think before you even get started in building a website, you want to be doing some research, keyword research. So you need some kind of tool to, to do that. Neil Patel's tool that he... Acquired slash redeveloped. Is it neilpatel.com slash uber suggest or something? I think is the URL. Yeah,
0: I mean, it's, it's like the call to action on the homepage. It's, it's, it's basically like,
1: like a uh, super light version of, of Ahrefs. Of course, it's not as good, but it's free and free is nice. I can hear a
0: team screaming from Singapore right here.
1: <laughs> but you know, the, the simple fact is it's a free tool. And if you don't have any money, then this is a good place to start. It's quite good. Yeah.
0: I've been very surprised. I mean, first of all, He just released the backlink index as well now. So you can get keyword data with search volume. And, well, keyword difficulty is is very questionable in this tool, but uh, you get a degree of uh, keyword difficulty, but you get decent search data. You can put any website and actually see all the keywords they rank for, which is massively valuable. You know, four years ago, the only tool that had that was SEMrush at, I think it was $69 a month at the time. So now Neopatal gives this for free. And on top of that, he has a link index now. That is, it's not Ahrefs either. But to be honest, you probably get like 65, 70% of the links you get from Ahrefs for free. So if you're really on a budget, if money is an issue, I'm pretty sure I could start a website with just that tool. So it's like, you know what? He's a competitor of ours, but credit is due where credit is due. This is a good tool. If you want to save money, if you want to do all of that, I think the one thing you need to do is to avoid... Any kind of like the bubble speech advice he has on the tool. So it's like, oh, you have like 23% chances of ranking for this query. It's 100% bullshit. But the data he gives you is actually quite good. Another alternative for keyword uh, research, niche research, et cetera, would be substat on AppSumo. So AppSumo has been running, I think, twice a deal on substat. It is not available right now, but it might come back. And I think it's like thirty-nine bucks for lifetime, actually, not even per year. And you get really decent data as well. And by the way, I'm gonna give a tip for advanced listeners here because otherwise they might be yawning right now. More and more people are blocking a from like their PBNs and all that stuff, etc. And the great thing about picking up a free Surfstat account is that nobody blocks Surfstat. So if you want to find your competitors' PBNs or anything like that. Put there URL on Substat and a lot of links that do not appear in Ahrefs will actually appear on Substat. So that's a little trickier that people can pick up. But overall, yeah, you can do quite well either with a thirty nine dollar lifetime or Uber suggest, which is really quite decent now. It's not of the kind of a pay tool. It's still worth it to buy things like Ahrefs and other ones. But it's a lot better in terms of like free tools than anything that was available previously. So I think that is what I would say about the research tools.
1: Yeah, in terms of site build, so this is very simple. A name cheap domain is $10 per year. Uh, SiteGround, WordPress hosting is 47 per year. Just be careful because when that renews at the end of the, the year, renew, yeah. the renewal <laughs> price is like double or two and a half times that. So at that point or a month in advance, you can look at switching to uh, another another service or another option. Yeah,
0: HostGator, Bluehost, that kind Maybe of stuff. Maybe not Bluehost, basically. but like one of the other ones,
1: yeah. The
0: cheapest ones, basically. Like, like a, a small range was pretty good at the time. But you know what I mean? Like They're all cheap for the first year and then they renew a very high price, the the hostings, but they also have, offer free migration. So you can basically hope from host to host every year and maintain a cheap price. And so if you're, once again, yeah, I mean, I hope that after one or two years, you, you don't need to do this anymore.
1: Yeah. I mean, the idea is that after one or two years, your site starts growing, you know, beyond the scope of like a beginner hosting package. And you actually, you're making money, but you you need better hosting basically, So, you, but you can justify it at that point.
0: I actually want to add one more thing to the site build that you can put in there. Is the themes you can use Astra. Astra is a really good theme. We run a toy Hacker on Astra actually, and it's a really good theme. It's it has a really good free version, so you can use that, and you can use Elementor as well. The Elementor has a really good free version as well. It doesn't have the theme builder, so you won't be able to customize the te- the site as much as you want. But to be honest, if you're really at that point where you just need to scrap it, then honestly, you just use the default Astra, change a few colors, and you're good to go. You know, uh, and then Elementor gives you a pretty pretty good page builder for zero dollars as well so there's really a lot of free options for a lot of really good tools these days if you're if you're bootstrapping which is a a huge opportunity compared to having to pay for all these things not that long ago
1: so in yeah in terms of content this is very simple write it all yourself Uh, this is going to be a very big uh, expense point if you're outsourcing it or if you're using an agency or hiring for it so at this stage if you're in this position you can't afford to do it so uh, write it all yourself you can use tools like dynalist to structure it for free we're big fans of that google docs obviously for actually writing it and there are a bunch of free tools that, that help you kind of edit and polish your content a lot a lot better things like Hemingway app and if you want to get images there's a number of royalty free stock photos. site like unsplash is, is a really good one there are a few others out there as well where you can you can get images from and that that kind of covers off content really in terms of link building did you have something else? Ed? No, I was
0: going to say actually, I, built, I built the, the whole uh, case study site in your toy site system with just unsplash images, so it's definitely uh, very doable to do that with free images.
1: Yeah, and so in terms of link building, which is also very important to kind of get your site going, one of the big bottlenecks when you're when you have a low budget is that a lot of the tools and a lot of the services for link building can be a bit pricey. So if you want to use something like Hunter.io to find email addresses. At any reasonable scale, you're looking at sort of $100, $120 per month or more. And then if you want to use a tool like Mailshake on top of that, that's going to be, what, 29 bucks a month on top of that. So th- that can mount up very quickly. What I would do if I had no budget was take a, a more manual sniper kind of approach to link building. So I would set up a free Gmail account. Uh, you don't even need to go with, with G Suite. You can set that up when you you start making a bit of money, but go with a free Gmail account rather. Find emails manually for a hit, make a hit list of of say 50 sites that you would love to get a guest post on. And then find those, find emails, find contact information, whatever way you can. You know, go on the contact form, go on their about page, go on their privacy policy, go on their Facebook page, Facebook about page, message people, tweet them. However you can get in touch with them, be persistent, follow up. And show them that you're determined to to get a, uh, a guest post on there and that that's probably a good way to kick start it with minimal sort of budget um, in terms of tools and stuff like that you'll obviously have to write the guest post content yourself once you have one or two up there you can then use that as kind of social proof that hey this is the kind of quality i can do with guest posting and you can use that to kind of pitch other people as well so that's probably the approach i would take if I was starting from absolute zero,
0: I think Hunter has a free Chrome extension as well. You can find a lot of uh, emails like that. Like it's going to be one by one, but at least it's going to do some of the work for you.
1: You can do that. I think it's 50, but they're reducing it down to 25 per month, I think. But that's still, I mean, if you're only trying to find 50 sites, that's still fine. You know, you can do that for a couple of months and you, you, you can sort it. Look into that as well. Yeah, and I want to say, like, really,
0: there's a um, four sites. I mean, like, uh, we've seen that with some sites recently. It's like, there's such a massive jump going from zero links to 20 links, and then after that, there's like it's, it's a lot less. So it's like, even if you can't build a, sh- a ton of links, like, really just being able to build 20, 30, and picking the right keywords, you can rank page one for several of them. The case study site for the other system is a good example of that, actually. Like, it doesn't have that many links, but it's actually ranking for, on page one for several terms now. It's growing nicely, and honestly, it doesn't have many links. So it, tra- it shows that you don't need to, you need to try very hard for this if you pick the right keywords, and we'll talk about this in a second when we talk about challenges, but I think... Now let's wrap it up. That's basically the cost in terms of money, so it's really not much. If you just take all the free options, so Uber suggests, okay, you need to pay for site, for site ground and Domain, so you're talking about $60 per year, and then everything else is free. You can use Dynalys for free, you can use... Google Docs for free. You can use Hemingway App for free. You can use Grammarly for free if you want to edit your content as well. Gmail for free. For outreach, you can use Hunter for free with the Chrome extensions. You can have Astra, the WordPress team for free, Elementor for free. So if you add it up, it's literally just $60 per year for your hosting on your domain and a lot of time spent because what we're going to talk about in the next years is that all these tools and other things that you can spend money on will massively speed things up. So really kind of your goal at the beginning is to, is to make the money to actually buy these other tools that will speed things up and and go. uh, Right. But before we go into advice, I want to talk about the challenges for the people that are falling in this category. And I think, the people that are falling in this category, they're beginners. They have never made money online. And as a result, I think just keeping through and keeping believing in their project is going to be a really difficult thing. And you're going to be slower than we would be building a site. Like we have sites that make money that I've built in like four days. And you probably are not able to do that if you haven't done it before. And it's probably going to take you months and months and months to actually get to the point of building something that we built really quickly. But you need to keep that going, especially because it's going to be very slow because you don't have any tools or anything like that, plus no experience. And usually during this time, people get looked away with like opportunities and shiny objects and they they found another blog post that talks about a new tactic that they should follow. And as a result, they just don't keep going. And that's how most beginners fail, I would say. And until you get initial momentum, you need to keep going, which could take six, seven, eight months, I would say. Anything you want to say about challenges?
1: No, just uh focus more on learning rather than too much on kind of end results when in the early days because, yeah, that's what's going to get you through those uh, zero income months.
0: Yeah. So the advice for the people that fall in this category is to focus on really, really low difficulty keywords. Like you want to pick the stuff where you see very low authority sites ranking already. So the one thing that you can do that will make up for all these disadvantages you have in terms of money and experience is spend enough time doing keyword research. Say no to 99 keywords and pick one that's like very low competition and you have a direct product you can sell as an affiliate, et cetera. So these are usually going to be very precise roundup review, what we call like best text for white. So like, I don't know, like best yoga pants for overweight people, like something like this alternatives keyword well like alternatives to wearing yoga pants vs keywords like yoga pants versus gym shorts for yoga or something something like this like this kind of these kind of like pretty long tail keywords that are talking about products find low competition versions of them with even if they don't have a ton of volume like you don't need to make a lot of money at the beginning you just need to make enough so that you can unlock some funds to keep going with the rest and then Also, yeah, I would say expect a whole year to get things going properly. It's going to take some time, especially if you've never done it before.
1: Okay, so the next one is still with a pretty low budget, but not like scratching at the bottom of the piggy bank low. I mean, maybe you have a little bit of cash flow, a little bit of savings, maybe you're content writer or some kind of freelancer and you have you know a bit of income coming in that you can afford to buy a few of these tools but only if they're really going to move the needle we're not splashing cash needlessly here or you know we're not splashing cash with the expectation of getting it back you know in two years time we want to use this money to accelerate the the process of building and growing our site so the main differences here versus the super, super low budget one would be to, first of all, use Ahrefs as our keyword research tool. Again, you don't need to buy a whole year subscription in advance. Just buy it for a month, $99 for the, the light version for one month as you're doing all your keyword research for the first, I don't know, 50 or 100 articles that you want to plan out. And then, you know, you can cut it after that and you can, because uh, you only you only need it really at the, at the start for that, that first period. So that is sort of 80-20 approach with Ahrefs. The Then moving on to site build, of course, you still have your domain, you still have your hosting, nothing changes there. You can invest in Elementor Pro if you want. Tell us about that, Gail.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's nice because you get a team builder. So if you wanna be able to like customize your site, brand it a bit more, etc., it's just nice and easy. I know a lot of people hate page builders because of like page speed, et cetera. To be frank, we have managed to get decent page speeds with Elementor Pro. It's actually much better built than the stuff we used before. And yeah, I think, I think for $49 per year, it's, it's worth it. It's not a lot of money. Like for, for the amount of money they ask is good. And you can do pop-ups with it as well, which allows you to, for example, do custom call to actions, let's say on roundup reviews, stuff like that. And you can easily make the money back with just that. So yeah.
1: In terms of content, it's exactly the same approach as before, though you're you're going to write it all yourself. There is a, more of a change in link building, though. Remember some of those tools that I, I mentioned, Hunter.io, Mailshake, uh, even G Suite, it's only 5 bucks a month. But when we have even a tiny, tiny bit of budget, we can then afford to, to buy some of these tools. And then that's going to enable us to... I mean, we can also do the manual sniper approach for... Um, guest posting which i outlined in the previous super low budget option but here i would also start doing some shotgun skyscraper link building so that is basically building it's kind of the pros of shotgun skyscraper right yeah i mean go go back and i was gonna say it's like it's not very it's not very expensive basically
0: to get it in place like it's it's even with just a little bit of budget you can you get to a very good level of efficiency with just these few tools yeah
1: if you want to learn more about Shotgun skyscraper, go back, uh, I think, five episodes or something and listen to the episode we did about Shotgun skyscraper. what it is, how to do it. It's kind of outlined there for you. It's a really, really effective link building tool, especially early on. It can move the needle quite significantly in the early days. So you can... I would be aiming to do that if at all possible on a, on a new site. And uh, yeah, I think it's well worth spending the extra what is it, like 140 bucks in the first month? And then you probably need a few more months of Mailshake, at least with that, to kind of be maxing out.
0: Yeah, so the total budget for this, basically for uh, some crates on Hunter, I think we counted $110 for 5,000 crates on Hunter, plus one month of Ahrefs, that's $209 one-off. Then yearly for the hosting domain, Elementor, etc., you are counting $107. So every year you would have to pay this to maintain it. Obviously, the hosting could change a bit with renewal, so be careful. And for monthly, you're looking actually. I was about twenty nine, but it's twenty nine plus five, so it's actually thirty four with uh, G Suite plus Mailshake. It's not a very high. If you're writing all the content, it's still like a very, it's still a very affordable thing. I mean, you're, you're looking at two hundred nine dollars. I would actually add up the one off to yearly because you probably rebuy a month of HRS and Hunter. So you're looking at basically three hundred and sixteen dollars per year, and then twenty nine dollars monthly on top of that.
1: I think most people should be able to to afford to kind of do that, basically. I would I'll even go as far as to say as like, if you're a broke student and you don't have any money, I would actually go and find a job for a, even if it's a temporary thing for a month, build up some some money and then take this kind of semi low budget option approach. I think overall, you'll get to where you want to be a bit faster by doing that.
0: Yeah, you get so much money for your buck for having these. Just for having these things, it means you can completely customize your site. And it means that your link building is really going to be like 10 times more efficient. So if you really add these things up, it's kind of worth trying to build up these 600 bucks that you need to get to reach this level just because it really unlocks a lot of stuff. So let's talk about the challenges. And I think the first one is when people have, let's say you have 650 bucks, let's say in your hand. I know some people that will, instead of doing this one site properly, they'll try to start five sites like the site we mentioned in the first case, you know? And I think that what you need to remember is you should do one thing right rather than trying to do like, many things not properly. And really, this kind of budget only allows you to do one thing right. And if there's one learning that you should take away from this podcast is that replicating something that hasn't worked for you in the past is always a bad idea. So don't start multiple sites if you're on that level. The second thing is budget management. If you have this money in your hand right now, you have it for the rest of the year. So you need to be able to still pay your mail check, etc. So you need to resist like the AppSumo that's being shared on Facebook or something like that. Or usually keep the tools cost to a minimum. You buy the cheapest Ahrefs, you buy the cheapest like um, Mailshake, et cetera, you'd, you'd say no to some features and so on because otherwise you get colour on upsells and the 650 bucks becomes like $1,500 very really easily. And yeah, you would get a bit more value, but you've paid double, you know? So that is usually the two things that you should. And obviously like you will still need a lot of grit to get going with the writing because it's going to be really long and really a lot of stuff to write. So if you fall in this category, actually in terms of strategy, I would follow the same strategy as the first one. It's the bottleneck. Still going to be time. Basically, like the tools will improve things a lot. You will be able to get more links quite easily, and your research is going to be more accurate because you're going to have a tool like Ahrefs. But the goal is really to make some money so that you can go to the next level, where we'll talk about it, where you start outsourcing content because content is the most time-consuming thing and is going to be really what changes compared to these first two tiers, I would say.
1: Yeah, I think the one advantage you do have at this when you're creating the content yourself is, it especially early on, it's normally quite good. Um, I think most people are very motivated and they put really a lot of effort into to making the content good. So you, you can sort of count yourself in an almost fortunate position with that, but the more you do it after you've written a hundred articles you will start to tire of that doesn't matter if how interested you are in a in a topic it will start to get a bit tiresome to to write all that content yeah
0: i remember when perrin was writing hip-hop that was that was very challenging like he wrote all like the first 50 articles or something but at the end it was just a grind like he was losing his soul basically so it's something that you can do a bit but then you it's it gets difficult
1: yeah and and that kind of takes us on to the next one which is the, the sort of medium budget level and one of the main differences at this level is that you can actually start affording to, to hire some people and to, to use some agencies maybe to, to get content produced. Medium budget, obviously you have a, uh, you have a bit more money than, than before. Perhaps you're, you know, relatively decent amount of savings yourself, maybe, you know, a few thousand dollars on hand. Maybe you're a freelancer doing decent hourly rate work and you can kind of ramp that up and, and put some money aside to, to invest in, in this business and, and really think of it as a business that you are investing in. This is going to be able to justify the extra costs of, for example, outsourcing content, but you're still getting, you know, good value and you're still aiming to turn a profit on this over, you know, a medium sort of term length of time, really. I would say that the, the research and the site build would be almost identical to the, the previous version. Um, if you're going hardcore on your keyword research, you might need to go for a, a bigger version of Ahrefs. But again, if you're, bottle, if you're um, batching it all, you can probably do it in a month uh, and then and, and just cancel the service. If, if.
0: I think people will run out a bit of uh, queries in the uh, keyword explorer. They might, it might be worth well, upgrading to 179. That might happen. It depends on how on the scope of your website.
1: Yeah. And, and so as we said, the, the main difference here is for content. You might consider using an affordable agent's, content agency, someone like Word Agents or Clevertouch. And they're so priced about six to eight cents per word, I think, is there the going rate at the moment for that, depending on the niche. If you want to go sort of towards the lower end, you can go with Textbroker, which is more of a platform for connecting publishers with with writers, and they have a fixed price, 2.7 cents per word for their four-star content, which is probably the sweet spot. Just be aware with that, that you'll, although someone else will write it, and if you work with the same person by inviting them into your private team and, and working with them over and over, they can get very good, and the, the value proposition from textbook becomes really very good at that point. But you need to invest a lot of time in, in the same writer, and often you'll find at the start that it needs a lot more editing sometimes you can receive an article and you think, oh my God, this is this is terrible. Have you used a five-star uh, tax broker lately? Not lately. I used it a while back and there was very little difference between four and five-star back in the day. But uh, I maybe I should try it again.
0: Yeah, it's it's also like six to eight cents, I think. It's, it's a bit higher, but yeah, I think, uh, I don't know, maybe, maybe there's some gold in there that should be.
1: I think there's a lot of gold in four-star tax broker if you put the time into kind of finding the right people and and working with them over you know a number of articles people do learn quite quickly and they'll they'll get good
0: that's kind of the how you get an edge on this medium budget person basically like if you're if you're that medium budget person like you can get a big edge by investing time and effort into text worker into building a team so that you know you pay you pay three cents per word what's Others pay eight cents per word, and then then you all of a sudden you you get way more value out of your medium budget. You can start competing with the people that are going to be on the next tier, basically.
1: Yeah, I mean, when you get to this stage, a thousand word article, that's the difference between you costing what twenty seven cents and sixty to sorry twenty seven dollars and sixty to eighty bucks. It's a big difference. It's huge. You go to two thousand word, and the difference doubles. So. Yeah, it's the one thing you do really want to keep a handle on is uh is what you're the price you're paying for content. I think in the early days when we were getting started, we were really kind of quite tight on our, our content budgets. And that's kind of what enabled us to be quite efficient in the the early days at least and, and, and make progress that way.
0: Yeah. If I was at this situation, that's the one thing I would work on. I would outsource the content, but I would I would really like basically it's your job to become the manager and to just like get the most value, squeeze the most value out of like way, places where you can get content. And Textbroker is a good one. There is others. I think on Upwork, you can probably find decent writers for a decent price too, even though the platform is a bit of a pain to work as writers. I think that, uh, I think you can get a good deal as well. And, and if I was in that situation, if I just had like a, a few thousand dollars to invest and that's it and I need to make it work, that's where I would focus my effort actually. Do you want to talk about link building before we talk about all the kind of like higher level stuff for this uh, segment?
1: Yeah, so link building would be essentially the same as we, we outlined previously. Maybe you can go a bit harder on Shotgun on Skyscraper and you might need several months of, of Hunter to maybe you're trying to get like 20,000 prospects instead of 5,000 or, or something. And maybe you're outsourcing some of the content for guest posts if you're not writing it yourself. Other than that, it's it's more or less the the same, though.
0: Yeah. So I think the, the main challenge for this, that is introduced with this, that the other ones kind of apply, like focus, don't start five sites, is quality control. Like you're kind of at that spot where you can outsource content, but you're also like fairly cheap on outsourcing content. And as a result, you'll probably, if you don't have much experience outsourcing stuff, you will probably let stuff pass by that probably shouldn't pass by. So you will have shitty content coming out of your process uh, at the beginning or even when writers get tired or whatever. And it's something that you need to stay on top of. And it's kind of like a new challenge that's introduced with this one that you don't have when you write yourself. So that's why I said, like, when you get to the higher tiers, it doesn't mean there's no challenge. They're just different challenges. And I think just management in general, being able to retain people, being able to build that team, build engagement... And just staying on top of multiple moving pieces, uh, especially if you hire someone to help you maybe with in-building as well and so on, you need to be able to manage multiple people. So my advice for that situation is don't rush the hiring. As I said, focus on extracting as much value from a few people that you really feel in your gut. I mean, obviously, like you should screen these people, but like you need to feel good with these people as well. I would also say in terms of keyword strategy, don't try to challenge huge huge sites up front. I would rather have an unfair advantage on small sites and small queries and just take them faster so that I get results faster. And then after that, once I get the basic results on the really low difficulty queries, then after that, just build up to the bigger ones. And then, yeah. So And the last thing I wanted to say as well is that you should probably run processes yourself first to fully understand them. Don't outsource from day one. So that includes writing. You should write some articles. Link building, you should do some link building. Even if you can afford to outsource a little bit, you will be a much better manager and you will have a much better eye for quality if you actually have run the process yourself. So you kind of need... You know how in companies when they hire and they put you in the support service for like a month? It's kind of the same thing. You kind of need to run through these things. And finally, I say, I would say start planning a long burn rate. So like you're spending decent money if you're outsourcing content. But because you want to count worst case scenarios... Count on your site not making a profit for like eighteen months. It doesn't mean you will all the money you spend will not be made back. You maybe sometimes you spend a thousand dollars and you get like eight hundred back, but it's still a loss. So just plan for a long time, even though your site revenue is growing, just in case.
1: Well, one thing would just be to kind of think about how much content you're actually going to p- be putting out. If you're planning a hundred articles, average length of fifteen hundred words even at 2.7 cents a word, you're going to be spending over $4,000 in content there. So just just think of it in those terms rather than just per word when you are kind of calculating your total budget. But uh, yeah, if you, if
0: you... It's actually one of our employees who was doing that, right? One of our employees was like hiring writers and he's like, oh, it's only like five cents more per word. And then I gave him the sitemap of the site we wanted to build. I'm like, okay, so over a hundred articles, we're talking, I think it was like fifteen thousand dollars more or something that we will need to spend to actually build a website for this extra few cents per word that you're adding when you're hiring people. And he really didn't have that perspective. But once you put it in numbers like this, he was like, Oh wow, okay, I'll be a bit more careful, basically.
1: Uh, it's like typical budgeting. You know, you, you spend three bucks on a coffee per day and it doesn't seem much, but you know, when you multiply it by 250 weekdays or however many days of coffee you're having per year, suddenly, you know, it gets into like the four figures almost. And you, you know, it's it's a significant cost when you think of it in those terms.
0: Yep. Okay. Let's jump to the next tier. Go ahead.
1: High budget. So when we say high budget, we don't mean just splashing the cash because we're loaded. That's not what running a successful business is about. It's about investing money to generate more money. And that's true at a low level as it is at a high level. So we want to be generating a return. But what we can do is we can spend a bit more money to get to the stage where we're achieving that return faster. So we're spending more money to save time. And if it's a low budget, it takes you two years to get where you to get to a job replacement income level. But on a high budget, it only takes you six months then you know you have another 18 months of time at that job replacement income level where you may be getting a few k per month if you look at it that way the the economics really sometimes do stack up in favor of going full on and 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 trying to to get there quickly by spending more money so what do you spend more money on in this case Research, honestly, it's not really, you're not really gonna outsource that. I, I haven't really seen too many people do that successfully, uh, keyword research, in outsourcing, I mean. the first thing you outsource when you start a new site, basically.
0: You might outsource keyword research later, you know? Like you might outsource it later when the site is already successful. But at the beginning, you're kind of the business mind behind it, so you should probably do it.
1: In terms of site build, so you can maybe start thinking of working with a designer at this stage. And perhaps getting them to do some basic branding, maybe make some some core templates and, and kind of just get that look and feel looking kind of fresh and polished and, and linkable as I like to think of things. Maybe you can hire a developer to do some customizations, site speed, you know, just make sure everything's working kind of like nicely. I've seen a lot of affiliate sites and this is very niche dependent, they'll have, they use a lot of tables and display data and, and comparisons and, and that stuff. So you can spend a bit of money on kind of sorting that side of things. Again, if you have experience and you know that this is something you're going to need, then then maybe it will, will start to make sense at, at this stage. Beyond that, content is really where you, you start spending a bit more money here. And at the high budget range, I would be looking to maybe hire not a full time because I we don't really do that anymore, it hasn't worked well, so well for us, but more uh, a freelance writer who is kind of dedicated to you and is working almost exclusively or mostly exclusively for you. Someone you can really work with closely and
0: specifically full time paid per task, basically.
1: Yeah, focus on nailing content quality with them and it's going to take if it's a new site and you haven't been in that niche before even if you're the best content person in the world it's going to take you time to kind of adjust to the the space and figure out exactly what you what it is you want in the in the content and so the first kind of 10 20 articles with with any writer it's there's going to be a sort of learning curve there but if you're working with the same person over time then you can really hit hit a sort of a flow state when they're they're just outputting lots of really, really good content. And you can, you can start, you know, growing your site quite quickly then. Uh, the other thing I would say though with, with content is that you might want to consider hiring more than one writer because if your goal is to deploy the site and, you know, start growing fast, then, and you have a hundred articles planned out, that can take quite a lot of time, you know, like six months or, or more, uh, for one writer, but if you have two writers, it, w- it will at least in theory take half half the time, and it's not going to cost you any more money. You're going to be spent if you if you have that budget set aside and you're you know you're going to be buying these 100 articles, then two times 50 or four times 25 might make more sense depending on uh, depending on what you're you're trying to achieve. So think of it that way as well. I would be you know going on Pro Blogger on the jobs board there. Posting a, a job job ad, it's only 75 bucks, but you get a lot of really, really good applicants from, from there. Um, so yeah, cannot recommend ProBlogger highly enough. How do you go to the next level after? Is there a level after ProBlogger? Like,
0: let's say you had like a lot of cash to splash.
1: I mean, even if I had a lot of cash to splash, cash to splash I would start with ProBlogger as well. You can also though actually start sort of headhunting or, or going after very good writers in your space so a, there are, a lot of sites will have writers publishing in their own name who actually publish on a lot of different sites so maybe there's a really good i don't know like a pc gaming writer who writes about pc gaming mice I just have that one in front of me so so where the idea came from, but th- then you can try and find that person. You, maybe they have their own PC gaming blog and you can do like a search for PC gaming blog plus hire me or something. There's a few ways you can sort of like spin the the, the, the Google search to, to throw up some, some people like this. We actually found a really good tech writer this way quite a few years ago. So that's an approach you can you can take as well. Um, and I think not quite so many people are going to be, be doing that. So you can, yeah, you can find writers that wouldn't otherwise appear on on popular job boards and stuff. You might also want to consider hiring an editor at this stage, so someone who can kind of maintain and check the quality of the content that's coming in, and do all the kind of copy editing, just make sure it's nice and polished before anything goes goes live. I tend to spend about fifteen to twenty five bucks per hour for something like that. Sorry, just to go back to the actual writing, somewhere between like four and 10 cents per word in most niches. Some niches are a bit more expensive than that. It's kind of like the, I'd say the going rate. I know that's quite a broad range, but at least in my experience, there's not too much a difference in quality between a four cents writer or six cents writer and a 10 cents ten cents per word writer. They just, one of them maybe has more work than the other, so they've increased their rates. That's so sort of how it seems to work, at least in my, my experience. So, yeah, that's that's kind of it for content for link building. I still do shotgun skyscraper and I still do sniper guest posting, but I would be looking to build a team to, to do this. So I'd have a data person to do all the kind of data processing, putting all the outreach prospect lists together, collecting emails, all that kind of stuff. I'd have a dedicated writer who is writing all the skyscraper content, all the guest posts content. And I'd have some like people person who could do all the actual conversation stuff. Like it's actually responding to the emails and, and kind of, you know, being friendly and building fostering relationships. Uh, So those are the kind of three hires I would look to be making, you know, almost from day one in in this. Again, if you haven't done link building before, I'd probably suggest doing a little bit yourself so you understand and you can have more of a grasp on it. But if you've done it before and you know what you're doing, then you're probably not gonna be one doing it wanting to do it yourself. So go and uh, and try and hire someone for it.
0: Yeah, I would say as well if you really have the cash to splash you can buy access to databases. Uh, so like things like group height, things like session, etc. Like all these kind of like PR type tools that, that cost a lot of money. They can cost several thousand dollars per month but they give you an access to a database of people where you can pitch content and pitch collaborations and so on. And a lot of big companies do that with a decent level of success. Once again, it's expensive. But if you want to aggressively spend money to grow in a competitive market, for example, it's not necessarily a bad idea. So that's one thing I would probably add to link building. So in terms of challenges for this, I think resource management is a big one. Sure, you have a lot of money to spend, but usually spending money is not i mean having money rather in websites is not it's not the hardest part but it's just like spending it in an efficient way that makes a return investment that's complicated and so like basically hiring is is becoming a big challenge and getting people to actually do the stuff that they're supposed to do not buying tools that you're not using not overpaying for stuff you're not using etc etc i'll say the next one is building systems Because we mentioned, now we mentioned building a team, right? We're talking about multiple people in the editorial team, multiple writers plus editor, et cetera, link building team. I think you mentioned like three people as well. And you might have like a tech department, you might have a designer, you might have all that. So really with yourself and so on, you're talking like seven to 10 people easily to build this kind of project. And so, yeah, you need to build systems and you need to build like a, you know, a management system where you know how to give them tasks, you can monitor them, et cetera. And what follows with that is something I mentioned earlier, is quality control. So make sure that everyone is not only working, but working at the level at which they need to produce so that whatever you're doing is going to work. Because it's very easy when you reach these levels to accumulate waste, like ending up redoing. I mean, when we, like the site we sold, you know, at some point the writers wrote for like two months and then we read the content and we're like, it's shit. We need to rewrite everything. And literally just two months lost. Well, when we're paying people pretty much full-time salaries, it's a lot of money. And these kind of things will happen and quality control issues will happen. And that's the biggest challenges when you work on this scale on this kind of website. So advice for this category is one, don't spend too fast. You have cash in hand. But really, money, having money is the easiest part. Spending it wisely is the hardest part. And so for that, it will take time. So don't spend too fast. Apply uh, decent burn rate. As I said, 18 months, I would say to be profitable, especially if you're spending high numbers, you need to make high revenue to make up for that. And as a result, it's, it could take more time despite the fact that you have higher resources. In this case, don't go for the super low competition keywords because they will not make enough money. As we mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, when you're like on the higher level, these really low competition keywords, yeah, they'll they make you like 100 bucks a month, etc. Between the heat rate and everything, it just not going to cover your costs fast enough to make it worth it. So you need to, if you're going to have a lot of writers, a lot of link builders, et cetera, you need to be competing on bigger keywords. So don't be afraid to look up and actually don't go maybe for the biggest stuff, but go at least for medium to high competition keywords. And you need to take some bets on some keywords that might seem challenging. But if you do the right thing, you can actually end up ranking for them fairly quickly. So that would be my advice on these. Cool. So I guess that's it for... The main part of this podcast, we try to bucket people into different categories, but obviously as I said in the intro, there'll be as many situations as there are people. And some will have more time. Some will have more money. Some will have both time and money. Some will have neither time or money. This one's going to be complicated if you have no time and no money. But really like people often misjudge what people often misjudge when they start websites is like uh, how long getting to break even takes. So it's not because your site makes money that you're making money. Because you're spending as little as you may be spending, there are costs to running your websites, especially when you start outsourcing content, you will have a fair amount of costs that comes with your website. So I know many people making four figures from their sites and they are losing money every month. So it's not because you see some flashy Amazon screenshots or whatever from people that they are actually making money. So how long break even takes? It can be longer than you think. I'm saying 18 months just in case. We achieve that much faster in the last big site we built, but it doesn't mean that it won't take longer next time we do it as well. The quality level they need to meet as well. Like people don't misjudge that; they don't understand that they need to like, especially when they're outsourcing. Like it, people are kind of like winging it and like, ah, it's okay, it's good enough. Like I don't need to like, I, I can't be bothered to like read this article five times and and really like educate my writers, etc. And you end up like outsourcing a pile of shit. And usually these sites just don't do very well. And so like you need to be very careful when you start your site. In, and that's why we recommend people write their first articles because it's going to set the tone. You care about your site more than anyone you are ever going to hire. And then if you set a high benchmark and you tell people, this is what I want, you will get better quality work. And I think the last thing is people think they can outsource everything without ever doing it themselves and without ever fully understanding it. I don't think you can do that very well. I think you can do that in a mediocre way sometimes it's good enough to be competitive many times it's not but i think that is one of the big mistakes that people make when they get started regardless of the level especially for the higher level so any final words of wisdom
1: uh no i'd just say like don't worry about where you are at at the moment in terms of budget if you have no money or if you have a lot of money you know it's none of this is stopping you from starting a website basically the only thing is that that should be might be stopping you as you so if you can overcome that then you can really be successful with with any budget it's just going to take take more time and a little bit more perseverance so yeah get started is my advice
0: all right cool well thank you guys for listening if you're still here obviously you've been listening all the way so thanks for being here if you haven't subscribed yet don't forget to subscribe spotify itunes soundcloud or whatever podcast app you use really you should be able to find us there so don't forget to subscribe and if you really enjoyed this episode don't hesitate to drop us a review as well it always helps with everything now uh, we're gonna go so see you next week and have a good week bye
1: thanks for listening to the authority hacker podcast if you enjoyed this show don't forget to rate us on itunes and send us a screenshot on authorityhacker.com slash bonus to claim your free premium authority hacker training